Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Good. Doing well, we have a couple items to go over today. Yeah, we do. Matter of fact, we had a lot of items. Uh, <laughs> we have to pick and choose, though, the ones that we think are most interesting or of the most value. But um, I wanted to, I've been anxious to spend a little bit more time because I think things are stirring on foreign policy. And generally when nobody's paying any attention to it, that's when things are stirring. But they're even getting into the headlines now. And in the two places that are considered hot spots, uh, you know, Drudge had a whole top headline today yeah. had to do with China, I believe it was. And uh, we, we have China and, uh, and the potential conflict there the, uh, in our foreign policy, as, as well as with Ukraine. Uh, you know, right now that, that activity is uh, really roaring, and I think it's going to uh, get worse. But we also have some uh, things that are occurring in COVID and treatment and, and uh, how things are going there. And, and we even have an example of they fudged the, the statistics again, yeah. or as usual. But before we do that, one of the biggest things in the news this weekend was the disappearance of Newsom. Yeah. And uh, you don't know whether he's sick or taking a vacation or uh, just traveling. Uh, the family says he's on family affairs. But, you know, he also um, sort of vanished right after he had a shot. Yeah, you know, booster. A booster shot, and he made a big deal of it. That's always risky, making big deals and stuff like that. Uh, what if it doesn't go exactly as they think? And nobody knows, of course, uh, what's what's going on. And he, uh, he wanted to make a point, a political, not a medical point, yeah. a political point, mix and, uh, mix and match, and that is taking... Taking a booster from another company uh, that is different than from what he had his original shot, which just logically, I would think most even non-medical people say, "You sure that's good?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's been done, and I guess sometimes it's been known to have been, you know, satisfactory at least. But that that bothered me, especially since this uh, vaccine, uh, you know, it's it's considered un untested unproven uh, by the FDA and yet it's uh, you know they're they're really running out into trouble now because uh, you know the st st statistics are getting better there are less people dying from it and uh, they're discovering a, this more ineffectiveness of the uh, of the vaccines so they're they're looking for other options so all of, all of a sudden now you know, uh, we have um, Newsom taking the, taking the injection, and nobody knows. Who knows? We may have more news on this even while we speak. Yeah. Uh, because uh, it's uh, it's it's unusual. I I, uh, I I just have a uneasy feeling that something, you know, uh, w went wrong on it uh, because uh, he he had other things that he could have and should have been doing as governor since he was. Uh, he was reelected overwhelmingly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he like he stayed in office by the skin of his teeth. But uh, that's that's where we are on that. Yeah, well, let's look at a couple of these pictures now because these are from the Daily Mail. Let's look at that first one. Here he is making a big deal out of getting his booster shot. Gavin Newsom, California governor, uh, big deal out of getting a shot. The next uh, picture, he got his shot, and he's uh, demonstrating how tough he is. He's a tough guy, and that's that's fine. Whatever. Uh, but then he disappeared for 10 days. 
He canceled his trip to the climate summit and said he would participate remotely. Okay, you know, maybe, you know, he don't want to fall asleep like Biden. <laughs> um, but the only thing that he's been seeing is uh, on, think, on uh, uh, Halloween, he posted this next picture, if we can put it up, a picture of him and his kids dressed as pirates uh, for Halloween, and then, uh, and then nothing, uh, 10 days. And Gavin Newsom is not the kind of guy, he's not a shrinking violet. He's not the kind of guy to shy away from, from media. Uh, and it's unusual, but not unprecedented for him to be gone. But think about what's happening in the past 10 days. The Biden uh, approval for vaccines from ages 5 to 11, to me, that seems like something that Newsom would be out in front of the cameras making a big to-do about. He hasn't done that. He hasn't appeared. Again, as we say, we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he's not sick. But strangely enough, his wife tweeted and then immediately deleted this following yeah. tweet. Let's put that up if we can. Her husband's gone for 10 days. It's funny how certain folks can't handle truth. When someone cancels something, maybe they're just in the office working, okay? Maybe in their free time, they're home with their family at their kids' sports matches or dining out with their wife. Please stop hating and get a life. Well, I understand why she, you know, if they're having problems, she wants some privacy, but it certainly raises a lot more questions than yeah, answers. Especially since the tweet disappeared rather quickly. Yeah, rather quickly. Unusual. So, but the, the one reason we talk about uh, Newsom is he's in the news. Yeah. But the second part is when uh, conditions go badly and a president goes down in the polls and there's a political problem, uh, it's been notorious that over the many, many years, presidents will use foreign policy and even foreign uh, conflicts in order to distract from the serious problems. Some people argue that, that there was some of that motivation even in World War II. And uh, also, I remember when George Bush was, uh, was first elected, yeah. he made a statement uh, that uh, more or less said that you can never be put into the category of a great president if you don't win a war. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he lost his. <laughs> a few of them, yeah. Well, that's why the main topic, you know, we had a little uh, you know, question about Newsom, but our main topic uh, is getting back a little bit to foreign policy, and it piggybacks on this new poll that just came out, a USA Today poll showing uh, that President Biden's uh, approval is at the lowest ever, 37.8%. The only one worse is with Kamala Harris, who's 27.8 approval rating. Clearly, the vast majority of the U.S., not just Republicans, of the U.S. is very dissatisfied, very unhappy with President Biden. We can go among a, a, a number of things. Certainly last Tuesday, they were able to express their unhappiness, and they did in an unprecedented way. But the question that always brings up with us, Dr. Paul, when we see a president becoming unpopular, is what are they going to do to get that back? And the question, as you say, is it war? Do they need a nice little war to pump those numbers up? Yeah, and that's awfully scary. Uh, but the headlines in the last several days has, has mentioned, you know, the threats going back and forth. And uh, that, that suggests that people are playing this game. But sometimes they think it's uh, just a toy they're playing with. Oh, no, I don't want war. Maybe most of them don't want war. But they have to play the game. They have to appeal to the hawks and uh, on both sides. There'll be hawks in, in China. There'll be hawks in Russia. Uh, but then there's uh, also a few few here. Uh, but, you, you know, the, when the, uh, the votes occur and the pressure comes on the current admin administration to be tougher with China or tougher with Russia, it's usually led by the Republicans. 
Republican. Yeah, of course. The, the, minimal, the minimal government people are pushing it, not, not really understanding and looking at history, what war has done. It, this, this, whole, this notion still exists, the, uh, and we've uh, alluded to it, is that when a country gets in trouble economically, if you have a war, it stimulates the economy. Yeah. Now, how, does, how, did, how did World War II stimulate the economy when it killed millions of people yeah. and everybody was rationing food and barely surviving? And, and yet they say that stimulates things. No, it's totally destructive. Uh, there's no productive effort uh, w when wars occur. And that's, uh, that's why I fear it so much. Uh, for the practical reasons, but for the moral reasons as well. But uh, the, the, the idea of uh, them going back and forth right now and say, oh, uh, you, you know, uh, why, who, whose fault is it that there's, they're fighting over in uh, South China Sea? Yeah. And, oh, well, it's, it's, uh, it's China. Yeah. It's China's fault. They, yeah. they're, but uh, if China had their navy in the Gulf of Mexico, I wonder how the American people would feel. Because the American people wouldn't exactly be on our side about majority of saying steer away from because yeah. they've been conditioned. And right now, the, the statistics and the stories we read now about U Ukraine uh, and, uh, and China is that uh, the American people think it's the other people's fault. But uh, the, this, is, um, this is something I think is going to uh, very easily get out of hand. It certainly costs a lot of money. That's why all this talk about passing this budget, you, you know, it was way, way too much. And uh, even if you got one new bridge, uh, most of the money is not going to bridges and roads. Yeah. You know, so that gets passed, and they're spending trillions and trillions of dollars. But, you know, if there's a conflict, the military-industrial complex will, can relax a little bit. Right now, they're a little on the edge. You know, they're, we're not going to have a war to fight. Well, how are we going to replace all these weapons? So, so we have to have something to do. And uh, I think this is uh, uh, very dangerous uh, w with what's going on in our foreign policy right now, especially because I don't think anybody's watching it. And I don't think, uh, you, you know, I don't think a lot of... Uh, uh, kids now in school would even know where Taiwan is or why it's important, you know. What, what, why, why are we, you know, uh, fussing with, with China, you know, yeah. that, this whole thing. So anyway, let's hope it doesn't exas be exacerbated and turn into a real war. Well, the same poll showed something that really should give the party, the Democratic Party, some, some, some concern, which is they showed that 64% of all Americans, including 28% of Democrats, say they do not want Biden to run again for a second term. That's not a good vote of confidence, and unfortunately a war does often rally the troops. And so as if on cue, you know, the mainstream media attempts to pull the president's chestnuts out of the fire with, as you say, the Republicans' um, uh, contributions. But uh, here's a couple of things that we had noticed. Uh, Politico, uh, as you know, a very staunch backer of the administration. Satellite images show new Russian military buildup near Ukraine. The Washington Post had similar headlines. The Russians are getting ready for war. They're going and putting their troops near Ukraine. And so you think, okay, is this the border? And there's a bunch of troops on the border? Well, that's not the case. And thankfully, Bernard over at Moon of Alabama did some analysis and he pinpointed, and I should have put the map up, but I didn't. He pinpointed the map uh, that they claimed where the troops were it was in a place called Velnia, 
which is, he says, he says about halfway between Moscow and Minsk. You can look it up on a map. It's not hard these days. Near the border of Ukraine, well, it's about 150 miles from the border of Ukraine, totally inside of Russia. And as the, uh, even the Ukraine defense ministry uh, said, there's nothing that it's concerned about. It doesn't see anything that's going on there. And in fact, that particular area is where the Russians do generally hold military exercises. So the whole thing seems to me a tempest in a teapot, but waiting for an administration desperate for something to happen to grasp onto. See, the argument there that they make doesn't hold water, that uh, the Russians are ready to, they're massing troops and they're ready to invade and this is what's going to happen. At the same time, they don't, they don't ever talk about the uh, aggravation by the rhetoric of NATO countries in the United States. You know, we're doing What are we doing over there anyway? You know, well, how many, what, what do they want? They want a little, a little war going on there. How, how long is it going to last? 20 years or yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, but we, uh, the length doesn't matter much. We just have to, you know, secure peace. We're securing peace, and that's, that's what we're there for. Of course, um, the effort to secure the empire is going to get tougher and tougher, and I think there are signs of it, uh, you know, even the Europeans. The Europeans are foolish for, you know, inviting us over there. They might not have a choice because we'll uh, we'll cancel them or something, yeah. you know. So they they they, they do this, and uh, but the Europeans, if we go and put our putting our weapons in Eastern Europe like we do, uh, and there is a conflict for some other reason, uh, they're going to be in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, hopefully, uh, well, hopefully we just uh, get out of there and avoid it. But but you know, the, there's a war, and if they're pretending that there's going to be a ground war, which I think is pretense, because I think we might be past that point where we're still going to have uh, troops mark, march in with tanks. Uh, that, is, that, is a, that is a case that uh, I, I don't think is, is likely to happen. Uh, but uh, I, we, I, all I would ask our viewers and others to do is, is, is try to look at both sides of it. It's sort of like us begging and pleading for them for, for people to look at both sides of the uh, COVID war, you know, the war yeah. against COVID. Why don't you look at both sides? Oh, well, no, we follow the science. Uh -huh. Yeah. And we, uh, well, what about foreign policy? Oh, we follow peaceful negotiations yeah. with people and our constitution. Democracy. We go, gosh, it makes me upset. We go over there in these, all these wars of the Middle East. Why were we there? Well, we were there to preserve the peace and defend our constitution uh -huh. and our liberties. Yeah. And, and uh, can you think of a few things that's happened since uh, uh, this century started? Yeah. Uh, none of that has happened. It's gone in the opposite direction. Well, the, um, the, the interesting thing is that the administration sent William Burns, who's now the director of the CIA, uh, over to Moscow to negotiate with the Russians and say, hey, we're worried about this troop buildup. I almost feel sorry for Burns. He's a retired Foreign Service diplomat. I think he rose to the rank of ambassador. And now he's got to go over there and tell the Russians they better stop doing this troop buildup that they're not doing. So that must have been an interesting, <laughs> interesting meeting. But we want to stay in Europe and talk about something interesting that's, uh, that's happening in Italy, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Let's put up that next that next clip because I didn't believe it at first and so I went and I looked and I searched uh, Italian newspapers. Italian Institute of Health drastically reduces its official COVID death toll number. <laughs> it changes the definition of COVID death from death with COVID 
to death by COVID. And the newspaper that broke this is Il Tiempo, which has been publishing since 1944. Let's look at this next clip. And you can see, and in these days, you can easily Google Translate uh, this. This is back from the end of last month. And in fact, we did Google Translate. If we look at that next one, uh, we did Google Translate some of this. Uh, Franco Betkis wrote this October 21st, 2021, about the Italian health ministry uh, doing a radical, radical reduction uh, in uh, numbers of what they consider COVID deaths. I think, was it 90 some percent or? 97. You know, um, this, is, this is interesting when they were explaining that. I, I think they were uh, allowed to use the word drastically reduced. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> when you see uh, by over 97 uh, percent. And uh, here, here they're, they're making a comment. Yes, you read that right. Turns out 97.1% of deaths hither, hitherto attributed to COVID were not due directly to COVID. Remember at the beginning of all this, we tried to talk about yeah. dying of and dying with it. And here they sorted it out. So if you had nothing, the death had nothing to do with admitting with a, a chest pain and the EKG that showed a heart attack. Uh -huh. That wasn't the cause of death if, if they came up positive. Then at the beginning, as it probably can, has continued, the tests aren't that reliable, you know, so they can, the person that invented the test said, we can make anybody you want positive. We just run it long enough. And uh, why they would be motivated to do that, you know, our medical payments over here are directly related to the number of cases. So that might be the way it works over in Italy as well. But this is, this is good. It's late, but it's great it's come out. And a lot of people aren't going to pay attention, but they should pay attention all the time to this kind of activity, whether it has to do with the war against COVID or, you know, the preparing for war against Russia and China. You know, this is the whole thing. It's, it's, uh, it's a propaganda that they use and uh, successfully, un, un, uh, unfortunately, but we cannot overburden people with telling them to be concerned and worry and sort it all out because we have found out that a few people are standing up to to, to these issues and they are resisting and uh and and the polls are starting to show that and i and, and some of these governors even though uh gavin newsom is still there the governors have not done well who have played this game of fear-mongering about covid and if this is the case in Italy, and we, you know, all we have to go by is Il Tempo, the newspaper, uh, if that is the case, they're recategorizing. That doesn't make anyone who looks at it a COVID denier. Certainly there was a disease that killed a lot of people. And in Italy, as you know, Dr. Paul, it tends to have an older population, which is naturally, which is more vulnerable to the COVID virus. Uh, and, and they'd also talked about two to five significant comorbidities that were leading to the deaths of people. So the recategorization, it has a lot of implications. First of all, that means it's about a flu season rather than something that's fallen out of the sky, that's dropping people yeah. like flies. But the second thing, and we've seen, we've noted how the Italians have been protesting in huge numbers, blocking the ports, being very, very aggressive because they don't want the forced vaccine and the so-called green pass. So how, if you do reclassify, if they officially reclassify COVID down 90 some percent of the deaths to what they were, how can you justify to the population continuing 
to insist that everybody take a vaccine, it seems like that would be the next, uh, the next domino to fall. Well, if we figure that out, maybe we can figure out why we just had an election and the Biden people did very poorly. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so what happened the next day? There was the announcement there was going to be a tremendous increase in the mandates. Yeah. You know, it, they, they never learned. But uh, also here, it's good things in, happening in, in, in Italy. But I said, despite the change, you know, in these statistics, Italy may yet take the, take the decision to make the COVID-19 vaccine mandatory. Although how such a scheme would be imposed remains to be, it's unspecified. Yeah. But they're, they're still thinking in those terms. They just don't give up. They, they, uh, it's sort of like, the, the um, it reminds you of what they uh, what they do when they talk about military. It got me so upset during the debates that we have to go back in there, and we killed a lot of people. A lot of our people were killed, but we can't quit. Yeah. Because the the people who died would have died in vain. So it's sort of like this. We got to keep doing this and prove that, uh, you know, we we did something statistically important and uh, these statistics doesn't change a thing. We still have a responsibility of uh, make uh, everybody safe uh, from uh, all kinds of dangers, war and COVID. Well, the other thing that happened over the weekend, Dr. Paul, that is also alarming, and I think you wrote about it today in your column, is that a massive new study came out. It was published in the journal Science, so we know it's scientific, uh, but it was a massive study of U.S. veterans. And let's put that next clip on if we can. This is a preview if you want to look it up, the journal Science. Uh, and it's um, basically what it did is it followed 780,225 U.S. military veterans of different ages and sexes between February and October of this year, and they were measuring the effectiveness of the vaccine among that very, very large population sample, a good chunk of America there. And what they discovered is alarming, is shocking, and raises huge questions about uh, mandating vaccines. It found out that among some, and now each each, uh, vaccine did differently, but vaccine protection against COVID-19 infection dropped from 89.2 at the very highest to 13.1%, and that's in the J&J jab, after six months. So from 89% protection against uh, infection down to 13, which is essentially zero uh, in six months, and that's why you're talking about boosters. But then you'll ask, well, if I'm getting a booster of the same thing that completely disintegrated after six months, oh, hang on a minute. That means every six months, Johnson & Johnson is going to get a check from the government. But, but you know, all, all three major vaccine uh, manufacturers, uh, you know, suffer the same consequences. They, they were way down. So that's, you know how that could be interpreted. People might say, well, these vaccines might not all be that important. Maybe, yeah. maybe they're not as good as that people say. Well, a lot of people have been begin have begun to think a lot in those terms, but uh, they they have uh, have this efficacy if it's not. Uh, eff- but at the same time, they announced that uh, these vaccines weren't working. The announcement was there was actually two companies came out with magically during within 24 hours. Yeah. Ah, we have the perfect solution. It's it, there's nothing wrong with this, and it's just a pill. 
Yeah. Cost seven or eight hundred. I don't know what it costs. Seven hundred bucks. I oh, think. it does. Yeah. 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 Not I knew it would be a lot. Yeah. So there, there, there they do it, and it's just the same companies that were making a couple dollars over these past two years. A couple dollars does that mean millions of dollars or billions of dollars? Yeah. You know, that's that's a shame. So, uh, but that was just a coincidence. It's sort of like uh, how does uh, how does the president? Matter of fact, the president. Uh, that was one thing he, I think he announced since since the election. Uh, he's able to buy up vaccines and masks and all these things that, because they, within a f- day or two, then there's an announcement that says, okay, the regulations just changed by yeah. FDA, yeah. and therefore we, we need this vaccine. But I'm prepared. I'm way ahead of the game. I have bought 14 million uh, yeah. vials of uh, yeah. this uh, vaccine. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, all along this the COVID crisis, the message was clear. There are no treatments. If you get sick, Go home and stay home until you need to go to the hospital, and then we'll put you on a ventilator, et cetera, et cetera. There's no treatment. Then the vaccine came along. This There's no treatments for this, but go get your vaccine. And then the vaccine turns out to not prevent uh, infection, but they say, well, it makes you get some, it makes you get less sick. Well, the thing is, this is all, as you say, there are new developments. There's Regeneron, which they say now is, uh, cuts risks by 81%. Uh, there's this new pill you talk about. Uh, that supposedly is a magic pill to treat it. That may or may not be the case. We don't know. We know that people like, as you wrote about Joe Rogan, um, uh, the great uh, quarterback uh, Rogers, Aaron Rodgers from uh, from Green Bay, uh, my favorite football team when I was watching football. <laughs> they both treated themselves with a cocktail, I think, of maybe Regeneron or some sort of a, 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 a monoclonal antibodies. They also use ivermectin and a few other things, and they got better. So the the whole basis upon which the VAX mandate is built, which is you get this shot or you're going to get sick, is now being undermined by the fact that shot doesn't protect you against a sickness. And there are other things that are even in the mainstream being approved that can treat it if you get it. So how can they continue to justify this? You, you know, I'm glad you clarified that because when I heard cocktail, I thought, <laughs> these kind of, maybe it does work. <laughs> a little tipple. So, well, I, we, we have one more, unless you want to talk no, about that a little bit. No, I think we cover those, yeah, <laughs> okay. enough to get in trouble. The next one, one, you know, um, it's so serious, it's criminal. People should go to jail with this kind of stuff if, if things are proven, of course. But it's... Um, it, it's not a surprise. Uh, when, when I saw this announcement, I wrote you a little note. I sent it to you and said, stop the presses. <laughs> we finally have learned the truth. And, and that is because uh, there was an election up in New Jersey. As, uh, somebody has been in the, what, in the state legislature for 40 years. And he's been the head of, head of, in the Senate for 20. And he was the head of the Senate for 10 years. And uh, he, there would never be anybody that could touch him. He had all the money and he had all the power. And uh, therefore, he uh, didn't think he had to campaign. Besides, his candidate, I mean, his, uh, his uh, contest was with just an old truck driver. Yeah, he's, a, he's a Republican truck driver. What does he know about this? I, I know how to do things. So I think most people have heard about this case. Uh, you know, um, it, it ended up was real, pretty close. Real tight, and yeah. I even, I think that the first time we talked about it, I said, it's, it's in a close race, but it was within those hours. Somebody said, no, it's not a close. He won. Yeah, he, you he, know, won. he won the race. So, uh, but I guess yesterday or the day before, 
some news broke. <laughs> this is why you have to hold your breath. It makes me think about my first my first race when all of a sudden we had to have a recount. And <laughs> then I lost. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the New Jersey Senate president who uh, who loses to truck driver claims to have found. 12,000 ballots. Oh, that, that might shift, that might shift the vote. I bet, I bet that'll shift it. The big thing is, is they, they ought to have a lottery predicting who, who's going to get that seat. <laughs> and uh, I, I, th I, don't, I don't want anybody to have a lottery. I wouldn't probably invest in it. <laughs> but if, uh, if I were a betting person, uh, unfortunately, I think the guy that has uh, the, all the politicians and the media on his side, uh, are, are, he'll probably win. But you know what? Because this guy is so perfect for, for being a man of the people. Yeah. And uh, that's sort of what happened for the uh, lieutenant governorship in Virginia. Yeah, Somebody, yeah. oh, no, no. Uh, she, she, you can't do it. She's of color, and therefore she's not nothing more than, than a white superior. Yeah. Yeah, right, superior yeah. So anyway. <laughs> it is interesting, and, you know, it, it remains to be seen what happens, but we do know that the incumbent, I think, spent about a half a million dollars, and the truck driver's name is Edward Durr. He spent about, I think, $150. <laughs> a bunch, most of that was on donuts for his staff at Dunkin' Donuts, and he went to UPS and made some copies of some things. But it's very interesting to see what happens. Maybe this won't work, but let's look, a picture, look at a picture of his house. I know you haven't seen this, Dr. Paul. You're going to like this. This is his actual house. Big motorcycle out front. Broken down car he's working on. Don't tread on me flag. According to the reports that I've read, he said not only is he not going to move out of this house, he wants to keep driving his truck even as a New Jersey state senator. So <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty funny, and it's the kind of thing that's a great story, I think. Yeah, it wakes up a few people. But, you know, and there, there are some who should take it very seriously and say, if this is possible, you know, just about anybody that wants to can run for an office, and a lot of people do, but you can win, too, if yeah. the conditions are right, and you're saying... He must have had a pretty good platform or they, uh, he, he wouldn't have been able to achieve it. And the little bit I know about his platform it sounded, it was pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But I've got a couple of just ending tidbits, if you don't mind. And let's look at the next one. This is uh, a nice comment from our good friend Tom Woods. Here's an interesting map. Here is uh, daily cases per 100,000 people. And if you look back in August, you see the South was hot with COVID. Lots of it very dark. And now November 7th, uh, it's very, very light. And then the other part of the country is now dark with lots of COVID, whereas it was light in August. Almost opposites, Eric Topol writes, to which Tom Woods comments, I guess part of the country stopped wearing masks all at the same time, and another one started wearing them all at the same time. <laughs> or, wait for it, none of this BS has any effect on anything and the virus does what it's going to do, seasonal. Uh, next a clip, because we need to look at a couple of these. I have this one and one more. Singapore, nearly 19 months after into their mask mandate, with 85% of the entire population fully vaccinated, Singapore is reporting the equivalent of 800 deaths per day in the U.S., proving once again that ending the pandemic is easy if you just listen to the experts. Look what's happening in Singapore being absolutely max, max vaxxed, they're still going way up. And here's the next one, because we heard now that Germany's a basket case. Everyone's getting COVID in Germany. Well, 
Not so bad in Sweden over there. The blue line is Sweden. It's got a little bit of a rise. We're getting toward the fall flu season. But Germany, which has done lockdowns and mandates and masks and this and that and the other, it's very, very different story uh, between Germany and Sweden. And again, Dr. Paul, nobody wants to talk about this. No, <laughs> no. And nobody, matter of fact, it's, it's literally a crime if you talk about natural immunity. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know that it exists. And you were pretty pretty uh, uh, straightforward on this thing that uh, there there is no magic there is no magic vaccine and people need to come around to believing it people people will ch challenge uh, that statement but but the truth is it, it's in the statistics and what do you have to wait for like in Italy waiting for Oh, yeah, we miscounted. We were 97% off the real statistic. We shouldn't have been so worried. So what do we do? We're going to reinstate the mask and add more of a mask. You know, the, 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 the politicians, they can't see uh, how they, they can ever change. They just get so locked in there that uh, it must, must make them very nervous if they had to change your mind or something, <laughs> no matter what the evidence is. Yeah. Well, I'm all done, Dr. Paul. Well, very good. Hand it over to you. Well, it's uh, very nice that we have, once again, a program that we got to visit with our viewers, and I want to thank our viewers for, uh, for tuning in. Uh, things have gone well for us, and they can always go better, but uh, we are struggling to get by and get information. We will be continuing with our conferences throughout the years, but we still value uh, this format very much, and that is reaching, reaching out to people. And uh, the goal, obviously, if you've been a viewer, uh, is very, very non-complex. It is not complex at all. It's trying to sort out the truth. And uh, there's a, there was a time when there was always several people on each side of the aisle that uh, got together in Congress, and that was their goal. They would try to avoid all the politicization. When it came to war, war was one thing that uh, you could get people uh, to get together and on civil liberties. But for some reason, there's been so much vitriol uh, with this, uh, uh, this COVID stuff. And there's a lot of money behind it. And there's a lot of money, of course, behind, uh, behind the, the war machine. So that's another place where it's a hard nut to crack because uh, people, people are taught that uh, if you don't support the war, you're not patriotic. And, uh, and, oh, you don't support the troops, something I've heard over the years. And yet, when you really got to talk to the people, the people were much more open-minded. So to look at the television and see a few comments by the people who have a lot of control of the media, that should not make you despondent because you need to talk to your neighbors and you need to go to a football game and enjoy the football game with another 100,000 people and find out they weren't even wearing a mask. So uh, truth will win out in the end, but our, our job is to keep uh, doing our best to reveal to the best of our ability what it really is and get people interested enough to do something about preservation of truth. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.